Well, God is good. Ready for some word today? If you, have a, if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and get that out. And if you would find the book of Acts, chapter 11, and then we'll go to chapter 14 right after that. I started a new uh, series. It's a mini-series, M-I-N-I series, short series, but important last week called How to Overcome Discouragement. And so I want to start with these two uh, passages again like we did last time. Acts chapter 11 and verse 22 reads, Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. And then Acts chapter 14 and verse 21, if you noticed there, uh, it reads, and, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So we can see by these verses that if we are going to continue with the Lord, if we're going to continue in the faith, that we need more than what you might typically assume would be what you get in a gathering in a church like this. Uh, we need more than just instruction, than teaching, than information. One of the things we all need if we're going to make it is strength. Because in, in one sense, it doesn't matter how much you know, if you don't have the strength to implement it, if you don't have the sustainability working in your life, you'll, you'll give in, you'll give up before you ever come out to, uh, you know, the victory, before you come out, out of the other side of whatever challenge uh, you're facing in your life. So we all need encouragement. Everybody say that with me. Say, I need, I need. Encouragement. encouragement. Yeah. And the, and the, the word translated... Encouragement is also translated strength, and you can see how, how that would be a, you know, a similar thought. Um, when you're discouraged, you're weak. Weak where? Well, weak in your soul. Weak in your, it's in your mind and, and in your emotions. And so our souls must be strengthened, as we see here. One of the primary weapons that Satan uses against people is discouragement. If he could keep, get us discouraged and keep us discouraged, uh, that's how he wins. And the reason he uses that strategy is because he has been defeated and since, by Jesus. Since he does not have the power, the ability to force uh, or inflict us without cooperation, without our involvement, he doesn't have the ability to do that. The only th he, thing he can do is try to talk us into giving up. If he can get you to quit, well, that's the only way he wins. Everybody okay? So we're not going to quit. We're recognizing the strategy and what we need to do to overcome. Now, people become discouraged for, for different reasons, um, so, some more logical than others, uh, but sometimes we become discouraged because we have misplaced expectations. 
we're thinking something is going to, it ought to work out a certain way, but it's not really based on anything solid. We're just, other than our desire for things to be a certain way. People do that with each other. They do that to uh, the person they're married to. They do that with friends or a job, life in general. I expected my life to be such and such. Well, why? Why did you think it would be that way? What is your foundation? And if there is no foundation, you know, what can you do about that? But if your life and expectations are built on the Word of God, something He promised you, and whenever it's not working out, you can go back to that, that's a solid place to live, okay? But sometimes discouragement comes from a lack of foundation or misplaced expectations. And I've noticed this as well, that sometimes discouragement comes for no good reason. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? You're feeling weak, feeling down, feeling discouraged, and you ask yourself, why do I feel this way? And you couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't any overwhelming negative. There wasn't some big you know, event that, that, that took place in your life that was really causing you to be discouraged. You just kind of felt that way. And if you can relate to that, welcome to the human race, okay? In other words, emotions will mess with us all day long if we let them. If we let ourselves be ruled and dominated by how we feel in the moment, you'll be up one day for no good reason and down the next day for no good reason. And if you feel, you know, just discouraged and you can't put your finger on why you feel that way, here's where the encouragement comes in. It's temporary. I mean, if you do nothing else but keep breathing, that feeling of discouragement will leave you. Just don't make any major changes right now. Don't sell the house. I'm feeling... Don't quit the job. <laughs> don't, don't leave your marriage. <laughs> don't, you know, don't do a bunch of things just because ah, I'm just not feeling it. What does that mean you're not feeling it? It'll leave. And you'll feel better just if you do nothing because sometimes emotions work that way. But another real um, source or cause of discouragement um, has to do with circumstances. Things have happened to us, and we are responding to the negativity of those events. And so, in this sense, it is logical. The fact that you're discouraged because something didn't work out or something went wrong, it, I mean, the math works out. Should we allow that to rule us? We shouldn't, but we have to know how to deal with that, because there is not a get-out-of-all-bad-circumstances uh, free card. <laughs> in, in life, even if you're a Christian, you have an enemy, and this world is a fallen place, so some things are going to happen. How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to respond when things don't go our way? And, and so I want to encourage you, if I can, along those lines, because it's where all of us live or have lived at some point. And first of all, we should know this, that God will never be outdone. There is never a problem that is bigger greater than his response to the problem. He always has more. He's always sufficient in whatever comes against us. In fact, when something attacks you, he takes it personally. And you should know that. When things go south in your life, he's watching. He doesn't like it. He's not for it. He didn't cause it. He didn't allow it. He takes it personally. It's kind of like if... If you are a parent, you understand this. Um, if you touch my kids, you've just messed with me. 
right? Parents feel that way. It's like we, whatever you do, you don't have to attack me personally for me to be at odds with you. You attack my kids and that's just the same thing. And that is the heart of the father, okay? In fact, Paul wrote this in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 17. He said, if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So the Lord says, you are where I live. You are my house. You are my dwelling place, my temple. Anything comes against you, they've come against me. And so be encouraged that you're not alone in the, in the battle. You're not, you're not alone in, in the, the, the struggle or the ability to overcome. God is on your side. And so if anything, if we know how this works, the way that God thinks, when something really, really negative happens, there should be a, an element of encouragement built in. Now, only for those who know, because those who don't know, they won't see it. But here's the encouragement. You're about to be, you're about to come back stronger than before. God will not be outdone. You're about to come out better, stronger. Um, whenever I see someone get, gets hit, get hit really hard, there's a little bit of excitement in me. It doesn't seem nice in the moment. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Because I believe that if we handle this thing correctly right now, that we're going to see God move greater than we have before, that you're going to experience greater glory and greater blessing in your life. He will not be outdone. Amen. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 5 that, that says, when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Yeah? Sin, when there's a lot of sin, what's, what is there also? A lot of grace. He's not saying sin a lot so you get more grace, but it doesn't matter what the negative is, what, what you've done wrong or what has gone south in your life, there's always a, a greater sufficiency of God to overcome it. Yeah. Say, I'm really struggling in an area. Well, get ready, get ready, get ready, because if you'll turn to the Lord and look to him, he will make you stronger than that thing has ever been coming against you. So you can think of it in many realms. Uh, where, where, where sickness abounds, healing abounds much more. Where poverty abounds, his abundant provision will abound much more. Amen. Where sadness exists, the joy of the Lord will abound much, much more. Whatever negative there is in this life, God has a more than sufficient solution for that problem. Praise God. And that's really the starting point for us if we're going to come up and come out of these things is we believe in the all-sufficient supply of God, that he's never insufficient. He never lacks strength or ability or wisdom to turn this thing around. We know that in him is everything we could ever want and desire. In fact, he's going to put us so far over the top, we're hardly going to remember the problem. And even if we do remember it, it's not going to have a sting to it. Yeah? Yeah? Someone thinks, well, my situation's so serious, how could I ever forget? Well, you can remember on different levels. Sometimes people live with things from the past and they still hurt every time they think about it. And then other people get free. Other people literally experience a, a forgiveness, a restoration, a healing to such a degree that, yeah, they do remember the event happening, but it doesn't hurt them anymore. I know some can't really imagine that. You think, I don't know if I could ever be there. I don't know if that could ever, I could ever get to that place where I can think about it and not be troubled any longer. 
I'm telling you, God is greater. If you would, go there in your mind. Give him the benefit of the doubt and say, Lord, I believe you're stronger than even the memory that I have of this event in my life. It's the way he wants to work. You might want to use this one sometime. It's Isaiah 61, verse 3. It reads, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I mean, no, the Lord, the Lord is glorified when these things are able to work in our lives. Yeah. In other words, when we take, say it out loud with me, when I take beauty for ashes... The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God is glorified in me. He's not, see, he's not glorified with the ashes. He's not glorified uh, with the mourning. He's not glorified with the heaviness. But when he's allowed to work and move in our lives, he is absolutely glorified with the beauty, with the garment of praise, with the oil of joy. Yeah. And that's what we choose. And this is, this is the way. This is normal for God and how he works. Okay? Again, when, there, when you're discouraged, let that, there be that silver lining running through the discouragement that says, oh, this is about to get good. I believe God's about to work in my life in a greater degree. I think about it like a rubber band sometimes. You know, you pull back the rubber band. Pull it back. How many know the further you pull it back? the further it's going to go. And if you ever feel like I'm being stretched, I'm being pulled back, I don't know how much more I can take of being pulled back. Well, let there be in you something that says, oh, I'm getting ready for a comeback. I'm getting ready for a bounce back. I'm getting ready to spring forward with the strength of God, the joy of the Lord, with a garment of praise like I've never had before. In just a minute, this thing's all going to turn around. I remember uh, quite a few years ago, I was uh, on a trip in Mexico leading a, a missions group, and, and one day we were driving, we'd take these vans and go up into the deserty mountains to these remote villages, and we spent the whole day going from village to village to village, uh, preaching in, in, the, in those different places and praying for people, and it was it was a good time, but by the end of the day, we were at the last village. It was dark. We were doing our last service. I, I had the, the, the most pounding headache just beating on me, boom, boom, boom. And I'm in the, I remember being in that last meeting thinking, ow. <laughs> now, I'm not saying this to anyone. I'm just thinking, ow, this is not fun right now for me. And, uh, and so we finished that service, and then we had a long drive back to where we were staying, and I was one of the drivers. And uh, so I'm driving this van. There's lots of people behind me just yapping and celebrating the great day, and, and I'm up there, boom, 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 boom. My head's pounding. I'm just really hurting. And I thought, well, uh, I've got some time here. We're on the road. And uh, I'm just, and there, no one's paying attention to me. I'm just going to sing to the Lord just quietly and just praise God, just thank Him uh, that I'm healed. Thank him for Jesus' stripes. By his stripes, I was healed. That's what the scripture says, and I know that. And, and uh, you know, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. He heals all our, uh, uh, forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases, and this is one of them. And so I just spent some time. I just, I had plenty of time. I was just singing to the Lord. What else are you going to do? <laughs> 
suffer and say nothing, suffer and complain, suffer and gripe, or just sing to the Lord as if he's greater than the pain. And I know that seems, it's just a headache, say, that's not a major condition. I know it's not, but it hurts, still hurt me. <laughs> and, and so I'm just worshiping the Lord, thanking the Lord, thank you that I'm healed, glory to God, praising him all, driving down, driving down the road. And some of those were gravel roads, by the way. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> Potholes. <laughs> thank you for that. And then, uh, but anyway, what happened is after a little while, I don't know exactly how long, but uh, the, the power of God was on me. Not only did my headache disappear, I don't know how this is possible, but I went past healed. I did. That's why it's, the story stands out to me so much because, you know, many of us have been healed of different things from the Lord. Uh, but this one stands out in my mind, even though it wasn't a terminal condition or something serious like that. It's just because I didn't go from negative to zero, I went to positive. If my headache was a negative, a minus 10, and healing was zero, I think I went to plus 10. And so I'm driving thinking, whoo, I feel good. I'm like more than healed. I'm like better than I used to be. And all I can see is, well, that's just, that's the way the Lord is. It's his nature. You know, he makes too many fish and too many loaves. David said, my cup runs over. What sense does that make? Why not stop it right at the top? Well, because the Lord can't help himself. He's just so good and abundant. He gives you more than you need. And if you are experiencing a real, a real setback, a real, a real negative event in your life, and you put your faith in him, he's going to bring you past zero and you enter into abundance. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, they say tough people last, but how's that saying go? Tough times don't last, but, last, but tough people do. And uh, what the enemy wants to do is just hit us so hard with discouragement that we never get to the snapback. We never get, see, we're, we're being pulled and back here when we're really stretched thin, we get so discouraged, we, we give in. Instead of saying, no, I believe God in the midst of this. I believe God that he's going to turn this thing around while we're being stretched, stretched, stretched. And then we get to fly. Then we get to go further than we've ever been before. Amen. Amen. Now, let me have you turn to one other place today. It is the book of 1 Samuel. Okay, so turn all the way back. Uh, Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 30. You may know this story. It's a powerful one. Uh, this is about David before he was King David. Okay? And David and his crew at the time, they went to a place called Ziklag. And, uh, and, and while, while they were all out of town one day doing their, their thing, uh, their families and their possessions were all in Ziklag. And when they got back to town, they found it had been raided by the, uh, these people called the Amalekites. They burned the place down and took their families and all their stuff, okay? So if you can, uh, at any level, try to put yourself in that position, they were quite devastated because what happened there? I mean, they don't know. Their stuff's gone. They were, they were stolen. Are, are, the, are they even alive? What did these soldiers do with the women? What happened? 
They are absolutely devastated. All their stuff's gone. They don't know where it is. They don't know what to do. They probably, they're asking, what did we do wrong? Was this our fault? What, what, what happened here? And they're mourning. They're crying till they have no strength. And these are rough and tough people. And they're weeping till they have no more strength. And so we want to pick up in verse 6. And it reads, now David was greatly distressed. Why was he greatly distressed? Because of his family gone? Because of all the stuff gone? No, no, that was earlier. This is pile on right now. So can it get any worse? For him it could. It says, for the people spoke of stoning him. So not only all the negative stuff, not only did the burden of leadership fall on him, now everybody else is mad at him. They wanted to stone him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself. And you'll find that word is translated encouraged in some translations as well. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod to me here. That's this garment that these high priests would wear and so forth. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So he inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And if you look down at verse 18, it reads, So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. So we know the beginning, the middle, and the outcome. And I want us to slow down real quick and take a look at David's response to a very, very negative event in his life and see if we can follow the pattern. First of all, see, David did three things here. The first thing he did is you saw it. He strengthened himself. He encouraged himself. He was in great despair, greatly discouraged because of the events of the day. And then added upon that was all the people were blaming him for what happened. And he started before he did anything else. He strengthened himself. I mean, no, the first step to recovery is not everything changing out here. It is everything changing in here. It would be nice if you could snap your fingers and everything goes away and he could, just like that, everyone came back. But that's typically not how we overcome in life. By everything outside, out here, being straightened out, we have to get it inwardly. We need strengthened inside before circumstances will change on the outside. And we all need this. But I want you to notice that David strengthened himself. His encouragement did not come from other people. Now, do we want that? I taught that last week. Some about how we should all strengthen each other. We should encourage one another. This should be a house of encouragement. You come here and people lift you up and build you up, strengthen you. We're all for each other and not against each other, right? We're, we're a place of hope and healing and victory. Yeah, but what if someone doesn't? I know some of you might even be thinking that. Yeah, I could use someone to encourage me, but no one is. So what are you going to do? You can just get mad at them if you want. You could get mad at other people you know. You could get mad at the church as a whole, you could get mad at God and say, no one's helping me. I'm in a bad place and no one's even caring. No one even cares. How's that going to work out for you in the end though? 
You know, what I've seen over the years with numerous people, over many years, is when they have a real tragedy in their life. Sometimes it's self-afflicted. Sometimes it's what someone else did to them. But they often, without telling anyone, they will raise expectations on everyone around them. And they will start to expect everyone to behave a certain way because they're hurting. And if no one does it, if no one calls and comes to see them and offers to pray for them, like whatever the timetable, whatever they have decided in their mind, this is what they should do and this is how often they should do it, now they're double mad. Now they're extra offended. Not only do they have their original problem, but now no one cares. No one's even acting like a Christian around here. Really? And they, they really get into an area of judgment where they're starting to judge everyone else's motive for something that was never communicated to them, but they just expected them to do it. But I want you to notice again that David didn't wait on everybody else. In fact, everyone around him, <laughs> they wanted to throw a rock at him, right? They weren't going to help him. And so he said, I'm going to take care of this myself. I have two choices here. I can give in, I can quit, or I can say, Lord, you and me right here, we're going to get this done. I'm going to be strong in you. And if you're ever surrounded by people who want to throw a wet blanket on your fire, you're in the middle of a hardship and you're using all the faith you can muster and they still want to question your every decision and every motive, you have to learn how to handle it on your own. You really do. And just between you and the Lord, you can overcome. We can use verses, you know, like Ephesians 6.10 that says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I've had times in my life where I've forgotten about verses like that that I've known forever. Or I'm feeling depleted, feeling weak. I'm thinking, ah, you know, what should I do here? Lord, help me. And then he reminds me of his word. I'm thinking, yeah, I totally know that. I think I preached a message on that. I should probably do that too. What do you mean? I mean, get the word of, the word of God in my mouth and say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Instead of allowing weakness and despair to overwhelm, we say, Lord, I believe in your strength within me. Your might is able to lift me and bring me out. Come on, say it with me today. Say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say it again. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. So we sing when we don't feel like it. We rejoice, as the Word of God tells us. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Amen. I know we, some of you have trouble rejoicing when you do feel like it. So, yikes. Uh, but rejoice in the Lord. So I don't feel like it. I know that's why you have to do it. Do you think David felt like speaking good words and encouraging himself? Absolutely not. He probably wanted to crawl into a cave and die. But that's the time that makes the difference between those who come out in victorious. And David did. We read the outcome. Punchline's already been given. He came out with everything back plus. That's the nature of God. Will that be you? Well, it depends if you're willing to say, while feeling weak, while feeling down, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, you got to say it. You got to believe it. Say it for 15 minutes. T take some time and encourage yourself by speaking God's word over your own life. Uh, listen to this. This is awesome now. Psalm 42 and verse 6. It, it reads, Oh my God, my soul 
is cast down. Now, that's not the awesome part yet, but, but that would be another way of explaining discouragement. We wouldn't typically call a friend and say, hey, how you doing? Because my soul is really cast down, right? Do you say that? We might say discouraged or something like that, but that's really what it is. When you're discouraged, your soul is cast down. He said, it's cast down within me, therefore, I will remember you. My response to a downcast soul is to intentionally remember him. What? He goes on to explain from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. In other words, the things that God has brought him through before, those experiences in the Lord that he's had in the past, he said, I'm going to put my mind on those things. I can think about the Amalekites and their disastrous uh, attack. I can think about the people wanting to stone me. There's a lot of negative I can think about right now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to strengthen myself by remembering, intentionally calling to mind the things that have happened, the things that, have got, that God has done for me in the past. There is a reason you should send us your testimony. One of them is for the encouragement of others and the strengthening of others' faith. And another one is so you will have a written record that in times of discouragement, when all of a sudden you can't remember, you can't remember anything God's ever done for you. You're starting to think, I don't even know if I've ever had a prayer answered before. That's how discouragement works. You get blinded to the reality of God. There are people that once walked with God so tight, they loved the Lord, they saw him work in their life, but they get to a place so weakened, so discouraged, that they forget all of it. And they question even its, its reality. Sometimes if you have your own written record, you could say, huh, that doesn't even sound like me. But that was. God did that for me. You rehearse it. You remind yourself. And you get strengthened as you do. Listen to this verse, the same verse in the Message Bible. It reads, when my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. From, Jordan's, from Jordan depths to Hermon Heights, including Mount Mizar. I, I, I do what? I rehearse everything I know of you. When your soul is in the dumps, what do you do? I know the temptation is to just stay in the dumps. But here's the correct response. It might be nice if someone else would help, and they might, but they might not. It might just be you and the Lord and his faithfulness to you in the past. It might be you and the Lord and a story of someone like David and a God's re- restorative power. But there is a, there is a, a you know, a, a constancy in, in the Lord, how he restores people. Even, even in the, uh, even the book of Job, whenever he was devastated from Satan's attacks, when he finally repented before God The Lord restored to him and gave him double of what he had before. There is a proper response to negative events. And if we will do that, reminding ourselves, rehearsing everything we know, then we will not fall victim to discouragement. David did three things. I said, number one, he strengthened himself. Number two, he sought the Lord. You remember that? Number two, he sought the Lord. He didn't. 
he didn't uh, start with seeking the Lord. You know why that is? When you're discouraged, you're also blinded. When you're discouraged, you don't hear correctly. You, you, your, mo- your emotions are mixed in. We don't want to pray and ask God for things from a position of weakness, but rather a position of strength. And so you rehearse, you get in the right frame of mind. You recall the things that he's done for you. You speak words like, I am strong in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You speak these things out of your mouth. And once you get built back up, once the smile comes back, even if you have to force it, now you're ready to seek God and hear from him. Now you're ready for wisdom as to what to do. Not, and again, not Step number one is, is not, Lord, what do I do? The family's gone. The house is burned down. What do I do? Nope, that's step two. Don't skip steps. Start with, Lord, you are on the throne. You are in my life. Your word to me is true. I am strong in, in the power of your might. I, you know, and you stand, take time to build yourself up. I've, I've covered that. Now, now, Lord, what should we do about this? Should we go after, in his case, should we go after him? Should we go after the Amalekites? Are we going to win if we do that? Are we going to get everything back? And that's when the Lord said, yep, you will. You go and you get it all back. And you're going to get it all back. And so uh, from that place of strength, the Lord gave him a plan. Of course the Lord's going to give you a plan too. Why? Because the devastation was not his, his working. And don't confuse that. David didn't say, Lord, why did you send the Amalekites here? Why did you allow the Amalekites to take everything away? Stop with that nonsense. That's not God's will. He had nothing to do with that. So we, we don't even need to go there. We just get strong in the Lord, and then we know for certain before we pray, he has a plan to recover the business, to recover the financial loss. He has a plan to get the kids back. He has a plan to restore the relationship. He has these things figured out. He knows everybody. He's well-connected. He knows how the human mentality works. He knows how to fix things. He really does. And because of that, Lord, what's your plan? Because we're coming back, aren't we? Yes, you are. What is your plan? How should, should we do this? Should we do that? And then you seek the Lord from that position of strength. And then the third thing he did is he took action. Not take action first. What? This happened? And go guns a-blazing. Go after the Amalekites. Slow way down. You're, you're coming out of position of despair. You're, you're acting out of position without patience and wisdom and knowledge. Do them in order. But the third thing is acting on the will of God. It's not just do something. Something's better than nothing. No, actually, the wrong thing compounds the the, the original wrong. So not do anything. Sit back. Chill. Get built up. Get the wisdom of God. And then act and do the right thing. Amen? And David's result like we read, is he got back everything he lost plus some. He not only didn't have a headache, he had a buzz. <laughs> a, a, a God buzz. Not a, not, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, if you've experienced the presence of the Lord, we all probably have it various, to various degrees at different times. You know how good that can be. And it's like, I'm no longer in the, in the red, I'm in the black, plus some. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for working in here, working in us. You are a good, good God, faithful in all your ways, faithful to your word, faithful to your promise, faithful to your people, and we will not be left without. You have not left us because we don't feel something or we don't see things working out. You are still on our side for us and not against us. And we trust in you today for strength, for encouragement. We trust in you for direction and wisdom as to what to do. And we thank you that you are faithful to perform it, faithful to bring to pass your promise.